0: In each episode, I share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode. And joining us today is Fredo Rivera, a real estate broker and business owner with over a decade worth of experience and millions of dollars of sales and transactions in the San Diego area. In addition to his real estate career, Fredo is a happily married man for many years who conducts premarital and relationship counseling in our community. Fredo is here with me today to discuss relationships, personal development, and how to create an amazing long-term relationship and marriage that not only survives and makes it long-term, but thrives. Fredo, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, brother. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. Talk to us a little bit about your story in terms of relationships and dating and kind of going from the model that a lot of people implement out there in the world to how you are today with relationships.
1: So with the end in mind, uh, uh, like you stated, I'm a happily married man. I've been uh, together with my wife going on, uh, gosh, almost 15 years now, 15, 16 years. Uh, We've been married for about eight of that. And, uh, man, I just couldn't be happier with that. Uh, I didn't start out like that. Um, I wasn't, uh, you know, I love my parents, but they didn't have the greatest marriage. They weren't a really great, uh, influence on that. So, so the reality was that I, I, uh, I was never comfortable with that. So I just focused on my career and stayed single and then dated and then went to the bars and the clubs and, uh, you know, tried to meet women that way, which, uh, never really brought me the type of woman that I've wanted, uh, that can help me grow, that can help me level up. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it was definitely a journey uh, to that, to, to, to where I am right now, which is uh, a happily married man. That's the condensed version.
0: Yeah, I uh, know. Congratulations. That's a long time to be with, uh, one other human. being. Oh yeah. Come on. <laughs> so, good job, dude. So what, uh, what was your parents' marriage like? And, you know, it sounds like that turned you off from marriage or intimacy in some ways. Like, tell us about a little bit about that and then how that played into what you did in your initial dating life.
1: Well, well, my father had the immigrant edge, as I like to call it. My uh, uh, he was basically first generation from from Mexico and he built uh, a company. He had the entrepreneurial spirit that I got uh, from him. Uh, they built their company in the Bay Area at San Jose and they would work. So, so, so my first recollection of my parents is that my dad worked nonstop. Uh, I would say that he was somewhat of a, a workaholic if you might call that. And then my mom basically uh, was a stay-at-home mom even though she did do some work. So I saw that dynamic play out. They didn't necessarily, they had happy moments and times but they didn't necessarily have the happiest or greatest marriage. And um, so I just basically followed in my father's footsteps when it came to work. I saw that if I was willing to work, if I was willing to grind, if I was willing to grow and educate myself, there's literally nothing I can't do or places that I can't go. So I just basically took that model up uh, and I applied that to my career. And the yeah, funny thing is, I, I never really gave the time to have a fantastic relationship when I would date. Because my whole focus was building the empire, if you right. will, right, right, building the uh, building my company having employees like that was my goal and everything else was secondary which I grew in that area. I mean the trajectory was fantastic, but, um, but you know I mean that that led to, you know, maybe not dating the right women. Uh, uh, you know, only being, focusing being on in the
0: wrong circle, thinking about money too much, right? Yeah,
1: thinking about money too much. Uh, not, not really getting on the human level, if you will, with people because uh, not everything. Even though I'm passionate, it's my mission uh, to be out in the marketplace. You know, there's there's other things that happen in life. So,
0: but but do you think that if your father wasn't a workaholic, that he would have you got your parents would have had a great marriage. Do you think there's something else missing maybe, or, or was it, had he just dialed back his work-life balance, it would have been solved most of the problems?
1: Well, I think spiritually, uh, obviously he, uh, he needed more of that and that contributes to having a great marriage, but also too, I mean, you can be as spiritual as you want, but if you don't allow the time to grow something, um, it's gonna, it's gonna die. So so could their marriage have been different? Absolutely. Had he dialed it back or had he put the pieces in play to where his business kept spinning, kept going, kept uh, the money kept coming in while he uh, was with his family.
0: Right. Yeah. and, And that's a good point. It's not always an either or. There are a lot of business owners who are able to implement scaling strategies and hiring the right people so that you can continue to succeed in the marketplace and have more time for yourself, for your spiritual development, for your wife, for your children.
1: But that's the entrepreneurial dilemma though, isn't it? Like when you first start, you got to grab the, the bull by the horns and drag it. Like, like you're everything to everybody until you realize, hey, there's there's different parts, there's sales and fulfillment. And you need people along the way that will help you with different parts. And, and that's really tough for entrepreneur, entrepreneur, I can't even say it. It was tough for me, because there was a time when I had to do everything to the time where I let pieces go so that I, so that my income could increase, but I can also have a better quality of life as well. Yeah,
0: no, that's a good point. I mean, I'm one of the fortunate ones, like a lot of my friends who uh, built their businesses up and established them before they got married, which obviously makes it a lot easier, but yeah, that's a good point. So uh, talk to us a little bit about some of your initial relationships that you had before you found spirituality and God, and kind of went on this journey that you've been on. What was what did the relationship for Fredo look like, kind of pre-Janice, which is your wife's name, and yeah. pre kind of going going through that journey of yourself?
1: Man, you had to be hot. I mean, really, <laughs> really hot, right? Like you had to be ready to party. Um, uh, you know, the club lifestyle. Uh, the you know the popping the bottles, the going on trips. Like that was my whole uh, MO. So, you know, I wasn't, you know, obviously I wanted to have a good time, meaning like we, you know, there was chemistry where we can talk, but the reality is, was that it was all outwardly focused. It wasn't necessarily inwardly to where what's the person look like on the inside? What's her beliefs? Could, could this person help me scale up to be better? And so the reality was that my relationships before I met my beautiful wife were, were just basically, on, you know, physical and you know having a good time. And then when that was done, it was hey, it was fun for me. If it was fun for you, you know, great. You know, I am moving on. And or they would dump me saying, listen, you're a fun time, but you you know you're as deep as a puddle when it comes to this uh, area. So you know, I'll call you when I'm in town but you
0: know, you're definitely not boyfriend material. Mm, wow. So yeah. what, yeah. What did those relationships look like? Were you in any committed exclusive relationships? I'm assuming you were in at least a few before you got married, but if so, how long did those kind of last and what conflicts came up? Cause obviously the foundation sound like it was a lot of superficial. Physical, yeah. 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 So, so what, like, did anyone stick more than a month or two and, if so, how did those play out for you initially?
1: That's, that's great. I really only had maybe one or two girlfriends uh, from probably eighteen to to really where I met my wife, uh, Janice. Like uh, other than that, I was spoke I was solely focused on my career, and a, a big part of that was that I saw my parents' marriage break up, and I remember what my dad told me was like, "Dude, your mom left." before I really truly made it. Like I just made it and she left. And so that, and, and, and my mom took half and I'm not trying to, you know, say that my mom was better than my dad or vice versa but that stuck with me because I was like, I, you know I'm working so hard, I don't wanna break off half. You know, I don't wanna be 50 and alone. So it was, it was a fear. Um, and so, so with my relationships, I would, the first one I had, I was with the girl for maybe two years, that was probably my longest. That, but but the reality was that I was so uber focused on my career and having a good time, or what I was missing, that it just didn't work out. So I had that was the first one. The second one, um, we were together for maybe six months, if you will, and it, it just it, we just weren't a right right match. But besides that, that was basically it, yeah, Matt.
0: Yeah, uh, well, that, yeah, that's a good data point too because I, I think there are people out there who say, Oh my God, I, you know, I haven't had a relationship ever go longer than a certain amount of time or I haven't had success in a relationship. So I'm never going to be able to have a long-term relationship or marriage or start a family. And I have a close friend here in Carlsbad who uh, he, he would never uh, have a relationship that would go longer than three months. And all his stuff from his past and the drama and the parents right. came out and uh, he met his now wife. Um, they dated, uh, real, they were on a very accelerated track. They dated for three months, married after five months, uh, yeah. of, of, like their first date, but, um, they've been together, I think over a year now. And he's wow. like, you know, it's just proof. Like you're proof too, that you don't have to have this long track record of all these super successful relationships in the past to have the healthy marriages that you men have today. Yeah, no, I, I
1: absolutely agree. When it comes to my wife, um, uh, I knew that she was the one for me. So it was the leverage that I needed to be more, right? To, to operate in the gifts that, uh, that, that I was born with, that um, you know, my X factor, which is God for me, um, gave me. So, and, and, and when you have that, then your trajectory just goes like that. So I, I absolutely agree with you that you don't need to be in a million different relationships and grow from each and every one of them. You can find the one. It's just, I, I think it, it comes down to your maturity and timing.
0: Yeah, and, and, but it's it's so cool because I want to hear more about your story with Janice because yeah. so you had these relationships. You had uh, your your mother leaving your father and taking half. Yeah. And so you're like, well, I'm not going to get involved that seriously with anyone because I'm not giving up half. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm, not doing <laughs> right? I'm not giving away my money. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So you, so you sort of like, you know, kept it closer to your sleeves. You only really yeah. had this one relationship, maybe two. Um, when you met Janice, well, yeah, tell us about meeting your wife initially and what that relationship looked like.
1: That's great. So um, I, I was, I, I'm still living in San Diego, but uh, I actually had a buddy that came down to go to the Padres game. And uh, him and I, you know, we just did the regular stuff. You know, we went to the bars, went to the game, had a great time. Uh, and I'm a very social person, so I make friends everywhere. And I had a really good buddy that was throwing a nightclub that night, uh, and he invited us. And I went there, and I found, and Janice, my wife, showed up too, because she was uh, coming from LA there for a medical conference. She was in medical school. Uh, her girlfriends ditched out on her, and she says, I'm going out anyways. And she went to the same nightclub that I went to. We both saw each other. And then, uh, you know, we were talking together all night and we became inseparable from there. So it is true. You can find love in the club, which uh, (laughs) I tell everybody. uh, But um, I mean, that's basically, you know, our first start. And she lived in L.A. I lived here in San Diego. And then we created a long term relationship and grew from there.
0: So how long were you guys dating long distance before you were in the same city?
1: Man, I would say probably about, uh, it's probably about two years, two years of of going back and forth between San Diego to LA when uh, the uh, housing crisis hit. Um, I actually had to go back to the Bay Area for six months and I just kept it up. I would fly her in. Uh, uh, I would fly over there. We take quick weekends. Yeah, you know, I, I did basically everything I could because I knew she was the one for me. I, I just had to work. I had to work that out, right? Like I had to work out, like, like, what does my new career look like? Because at least at the time, everything was melting down, at least in my industry. So so it just was a growth process from there.
0: Yeah, well, I want to highlight the fact that you guys were in a long distance relationship for two years and you've been married for eight together for 15 and you made it work. Because I find a lot of people, even when I used to live in New York City, I would meet people who would say, well, Brendan, I'm looking for a a tall, handsome lawyer who's from this background. um, And he has to live in Manhattan. He can't live in Brooklyn. Because I don't, I can't be bothered to traveling, you know, 40 minutes on the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I just, if you could just say one more thing about how it's worth it to kind of work with someone maybe outside your exact city, if it's the right person for you long term.
1: That's great. So I'm, like, I've always thought if it's an off-the-shelf solution, I mean, it's a commodity, right? Like, I'm sure people want to be in love. They want somebody that's going to help them grow. They're going to want um, a partner, right? That has to be developed. I mean, every relationship has to be developed, but if it's the right person, I mean, who cares where they're from, right? So so long-distance relationships have an added level of uh, uh, an added level that you have to operate at to facilitate that but if it's the right person it doesn't matter especially in this day and age, right like like with with where businesses are right now i mean a lot of it's done online zooms whatever right dating i mean i i haven't been on dating apps because i'm I'm already married but i mean i mean hell you, you turn on your phone and you can find you know people that are looking for love so i think if it's the right person i feel that if you're willing to invest in it pay the cost you can find somebody. Yeah, and it can grow.
0: So yeah, we haven't even really talked at all about your transformation yet as a person with Janice. Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute, but I just want to f- jump ahead and ask you a question, which is, who you are today? You're yeah. a strong, righteous man of God with a deep spiritual practice. Your husband material. Oh yeah. Imagine you're you. Who you're? You. You're ready, but imagine you're single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you start on the path of being like, okay, I want to meet her. I want to build a marriage. I want to build a relationship. What would you do? Would you get on apps? Would you go to church? Would you go to meetups? Like how does Fredo sing? You're you who you are today as the man, but you're single as a Pringle. Walk us through that process.
1: Uh, First thing I would do is I would go to, I would go to my local church, like honestly, and then I would start serving. And it doesn't have to be just church. It can be serving in any capacity and get around people that um, you want to uh, grow into or be like, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, like, you need to be the person that, uh, or you need to be the type of person that would attract the type of person that you want, right? So what I would do is I would go to church, I would start serving it there, my community, and I would meet people, start talking. And then from there, I would actually, you know, if somebody popped up, I would try to build a friendship or a relationship with them to see if this is something that uh, would be beneficial to move forward with, right? Like, like, like there has to, it has, man, we gotta get past the physical. We just, we just got to, and I mean, hey, it's important, right? Like it's, that, that part's very important. Like gotta be attracted, you know, you have to have that, but, but it's gotta get past the sex. It just, it just has to To hey, can I team up with this person so that we can build a, a dream life? like that's what I would do. So I would keep all that in mind while I would serve, while uh, opportunities presented themselves and while I presented myself as open and ready. So that's what I would do.
0: That's really good. And I'm curious, when you say building a friendship first, I think that's genius. And as you would be building a friendship with a woman or you're meeting these different women in churches and different like-minded groups of people who share your values, Right. Kind of that growth mindset of service and development, what would you be looking for? Like what qualities and values would you want in that friendship or in that woman? Let's say you're Frito, you're, you know, saying hi to people in the parking lot at church, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. And you, you start to meet different women. What qualities and values are you looking for? And what red flags are you also saying? I don't judge this person, but they're not for me. And I'm just gonna kind of yeah. Yeah, be friendly and not deep in intimacy with.
1: Yeah. I'd say first is that, can I build a friendship with this person so that we can be, you know, uh, intimate, not just physically, but spiritually and emotionally. That's like, 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 can we laugh together? Can we play together? Can we, um, enjoy the same things? Do we have that in common? Like I'm a huge beach guy. Like I'm always at the beach. He, he, does this person enjoy outdoorsy stuff like that? Like, like could, could we mesh on, uh, that level. The second thing is that I've always been attracted to strong, independent, you know, uh, women that, you know, want to go places and want to do things. So I would want to see that as well too. Like, like they, they have a mission and it doesn't equate to money. It can be a mission where, you know, you're, you're, you're helping the homeless or, you know, you're, you're in nonprofits, like, like, like somebody that has their stuff going on. Like I, I would be looking for, I would be looking for that. Um, the third thing that, or the, the other things I would watch out for is, is just the opposite of that. Don't really have a clue of where they're going you know, in life, not necessarily open-minded to change or growing. Um, uh, and, and, and that goes for the, the type of person I'm looking for. Like, like you gotta be hungry to learn and to grow. Like that's huge for me and because we're all growing i'm not the same guy i'm 42 now i was a different guy at 39 i was a different guy at 35 30 29 like like it goes down or up the spectrum however you want so so i would want somebody that i can actually grow with as well too and if you're not growing if you're stagnant and if you really don't have any plans other than well i just need somebody to take care of me or you know like like that i'm just like like Get me the hell away from there. Like, I, I just, I just do not want that. I want somebody that can have friendship, grow with, and we can build a life together.
0: Mm-hmm. And you and Janice have done premarital counseling for how long yeah. now?
1: Uh, probably three years now.
0: Got it. And what, when you're doing that premarital and you're meeting with couples who are recently engaged or considering engagement or about to get married, what have you noticed? Like, what have you learned from that experience? And what have you seen in couples that come to you and they're like, oh, these guys are solid and versus they come to you and you're like, oh man, maybe uh, you guys should reconsider it. Like how yeah. has that improved your knowledge, your relationship with Janice, advice you could give to people out who are out there dating?
1: Yeah, you don't need to know it all. You just need to get out there and help teach other people and you'll, and you'll learn more that way than just getting in the books, right? Like you gotta be in it. Uh, what I see with couples, the biggest thing is that they have, um, you know, uh, what's the word? We call it rose, rose-colored rose glasses. They see through rose-colored glasses where everything is perfect, right? Like their, their partner's perfect. They can do no wrong. there's they're, God made it rain, right? Like, oh, you know, this person is perfect. Uh, they have no flaws. And then when they get married or they get together, then they're like, oh crap, like uh, I didn't know this person did that or this really annoys me. So I, I, I think it's the perception that uh, um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here, but, but but in essence, thinking more of the relationship than what it is when the reality is that you guys have to grow um, your, your relationship together to have the type of person that you want. And I see a lot of young couples do that, go into it thinking everything's gonna be perfect when that's the complete opposite. I would think, I would think that's the biggest thing. And the other thing is um, finances when it comes to finances, not having uh, that figured out or even started is a huge detriment to, uh, to, to couples when they uh, decide to get together and get married.
0: Yeah. So when someone, if a couple comes to you and they have those rose colored glasses on, how do you help them see each other clearly and set healthy expectations without painting the other person in such a negative light and discouraging them. Like, how do you help them sort of see, you know, it's like see them as they are as opposed to better, but not see them worse than they are. Sure. And, sure. and kind of set them up for success as opposed to, oh, you're not seeing how, you know, dumb he is or immature you, she is or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we use technology too. So there's a test that they take um, and it kind of shows where their values uh, lie. Um, and how it connects them and how it could draw them apart. And then we go through curriculum that basically uh, teaches them, here's how you actually actively listen to people. Here's how you resolve conflict. Here's what to expect in a relationship and how to navigate that. And it's, I mean, it's nothing earth shattering, but you know, the actual doing of the work and developing yourself so you can be the type of person where that relationship grows. Because everybody changes, right? You go from, you know, you're living in your parents' house to you're on your own, doing your own thing, right? Single, ready to mingle. Then you go to, you know, dating. Then you become an engaged man. Then you become a married man. Then you become a father. Um, These are all levels that you gotta grow into. And I don't care how many books are out there, you're not prepared for it. Like, Like you, you, you can prepare, but the reality is you gotta go through that and learn along the way as well too.
0: Yeah, that's good. What would you say to people out there who are maybe uh, approaching their 30s or 40s, they have not had the relationship that they've wanted yet and they start to notice a quality of impatience or frustration with the dating process. And they start to lower their standards or their what they're looking for. And maybe they're finding themselves making the mistake of dating someone that they really know deep down they shouldn't. Right. How would what would you say to those people out there to help them, you know, stay on the course, trust the path and not sacrifice their own standards to and wind up with someone that's not an appropriate partner for them?
1: That's great. So I believe in being hungry, but not desperate, right? So like, like uh, uh, diminishing your standards and what you're looking for is the absolute wrong thing, unless your standards are completely unrealistic on what you're going after. Um, that's, a, you know, that, that's the first thing I would say. And the second thing is that, like you gotta, like, you gotta tell yourself it's okay. Like, like it, it's okay that it took this long you to find the right person. Some people find it, find their sweetheart where they're together forever, you know, in high school or middle school, or maybe they grew up. I didn't grow grow up that way. I met the woman of my dreams at 28 and I made a ton of mistakes before then. And then it took years before she would say yes to me. Like I can beat myself up all day to say, man, I, I wish I would have had Janice earlier so that I would have been further along, but that doesn't help me. So that that so I wouldn't be desperate, but I'd be hungry for the right person. I'd evaluate my standards, all right, and then I would, uh, you know, I wouldn't drop them per se, and then I would, uh, I, I would tell myself it's okay, and then I would, I would throw myself out there. Dating is a contact sport in more than one way, right? Uh, like, like, <laughs> like you gotta, like you gotta go out and meet people. You just gotta. I mean, in biz- I mean, this is a business podcast. How do you get business? You got to meet people. You got to talk to people. You got to connect with people. Like that's how you meet other like-minded people. And then through that, you can find the one.
0: So good. So what do you mean when you said it was years before Janice said yes to me? Cause I feel like you just said you guys met, hit it off immediately.
1: No, well, we had the chemistry, but I was very immature when it came to relationships. My, my whole, like my mission my my, my mission that I have is to build a huge business. Um, And my X factor is now is my mission is people, but my vehicle is business, right? So so before before I got into that, I was really mature. Um, She loved me, but she she saw things that I needed to improve on. And I wasn't the type of guy that she wanted to marry uh, at first. You know, I was still that fun guy, right? Like, so like I can have fun with anybody, right? But I had to develop to a man that you would want to marry, right? Like like a guy that kept his commitments, the guy that that would do what he said he would do. Um, you know, the guy that had other things going on than just business. Like, I had to develop before she was cool enough to say, you know what? You know, you're ready to come out of the oven. I'm ready to go. Mm. I had to become that person. And then when I became that person, that's when opportunity comes. And then again, that's where uh, everything changed with my X Factor uh, to where uh, like I had leverage now to where I needed to be the man that my wife needs me to be. She came with two kids that were, uh, and that's a whole story in itself. Like I was already a ready-made father. Like I had to figure all of this out uh, in order to to be where I'm at today. So,
0: Mm -hmm. and yeah, and and so how did you go on that process of becoming the man that you are? Because I feel like so many people say, I want this relationship, I need I, to meet this person. I And I see that in business too, like I just need the client. I need, yeah, really, yeah. you need to be the guy that can service that client. You need to be the guy that can get that client. And it's it's us, we need to change, Yeah, not the external. Because the external's out there and other people yeah. are getting married and other people are getting clients. So it's not the world that needs to change, it's us. Yeah. So how did yeah. you change?
1: That's, that, that's a great question. I keep talking to my X factors because uh, the reality is that when I got married, um, I, I, I knew I had to change. I knew I had to develop and I tried it on my own for years and it just didn't work. So my X factor died, yeah. And I just went through a process with uh, not religion, but a relationship with being a better person with serving uh, other people. Uh, with helping other people and then through that I was transformed into a loving husband. Uh, I mean there's really no reason why I have a successful marriage that I do today if it wasn't for God and I'm sure some people don't want to hear that but the bottom line is that that's what worked for me right um, I wasn't, that wasn't modeled for me business was modeled for me again after it was modeled for me a successful marriage that didn't break up where there wasn't dysfunction that wasn't so so through my transformation, through my development, uh, I became the person that I wanted to be. And I haven't arrived yet. So I, I don't wanna throw that out there like, hey, you know, here, here I am, I'm still growing and I'm gonna be growing to the day I die. But, but, but because of my journey, because of my faith, my foundation, I have the success, I have the marriage, I have the finance, like I have the wheel. And I always wanted that because I only had, I had the flat tire for years. Right. Like, you know, and and that created misery for me. So, so, so that's where I'm at today
0: because of that. It's very encouraging for you to say this because there are a lot of listeners out there who have stories like both of us, like my parents were both lawyers. My grandfather was a super successful lawyer. My mom had this great career. My dad was going on TV all the time. Right. So I grew up knowing how to be charismatic and win business and build a company and do all those things. And I'm so grateful for those blessings it sounds like you I didn't see that healthy marriage modeled Um, so what's encouraging is the fact that this can be learned and adopted and you don't have to have experienced it as a child to have it as an adult you you have to go figure it out and learn it and for you it sounds like getting involved with your personal faith and relationship with God helped a lot but what I'm really curious about is you've mentioned a couple times now how impactful serving has been for you right and it's something that I'm now starting to do more of. And I'm curious, you know, why, what did you do to serve? And like, why was that so impactful for you in your experience?
1: That's great. So serving is the only way to grow. Whether you're in the church or outside the church, you need to serve people, you need to serve your community and you need to help people. You need to solve their problems. And that will bring you the success that, that, that you want. So the first thing I did was I just started serving in my local church as an usher on security. um, And I would make connections that way uh, to make friends. That's how kind of you and I met. Right. Um, And then what, what I would do is I would actually invite people out to coffees. Uh, And the funny thing is because of what I do, because I own a real estate and mortgage company at first, some people would say, Hey, what's going on, bro. Like, Like, what are you trying to sell? Yeah,
0: what's for sale here?
1: What's for sale? Like, listen, I'm already, I already have Amway. I'm already, I'm already slanging, you know, whatever, right? Like, like I don't need that. And so, what I would do is, I, I would, I would take them out to coffee, and I would buy. And I would say, hey, listen, this meeting is. I just want to see if we can become friends. Feel free to do no business with me. I just want to see if we can be brothers. That's it that and and that's what I do and some people like they immediately their guard would drop because I meant it and then and then I would build these fantastic relationships and then there were some people that didn't want to be my friend and and I tell people that you know it's crazy to me but you know like that's cool like I'm I'm not meant to be everybody's friend but it was through serving through through serving in my local church buying people lunches and coffee serving in my community you know being a good person um uh, uh out there like really uh wanting to know like, hey, how are you doing today? Like, like really being curious. That's how I kept growing. And that's how my influence grew. And then through that business, would just shoot through the roof because they're like, hey, this dude is cool. Tell me about, I need a mortgage or I need a home for sale or to buy or, or, or tell me how to invest. It would lead to opportunities like that, but, but you, gotta, you gotta invest and, and through serving, that's how that happens.
0: That's so good. I have a friend who was in the past couple of years, I think it was like a two or three year transformation where he was a Tinder guy swiping, yeah. right on everyone hooking up with people. And now the guys, um, I don't know when his wedding is planned for, but he's just, it's not that, Oh, he just went from that to being married. He's so all in on his personal transformation as a man. And so I went up to him, um, about a month ago, maybe not even, I said, Hey, I want to be, I want to have this transformation too. Yeah. Uh, how do I do that? And he gave me three categories. He said, um, what meetups are you going to with similar like-minded people, like regular connecting groups like yeah, yeah, yeah. that nature? Uh, who are you pouring into? Right. And and how are you serving in your community? Right. And so, on the pouring into thing, I said, well, you know, I've I'm I'm volunteering in this 12-step program. I went through it for porn addiction. I'm on the other side of that. Right. And there's like two guys, but they're total flakes and you know, they don't respond to me. And he's like, are they really flakes? Or did you just text them one time and they didn't respond to you the way you wanted them to. Right. 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 Ah, true. True. So I, I texted both again. I said, Hey, I want to see how you're doing with the 12 steps. Wanted to offer to check in and support you. See if I could help in any way. And one of those guys is uh, in, this incredible man who's going through some stuff with his marriage and like, he's calling me and I'm, pouring into him and transforming his life. And to your point, I think it's only bolstering my skill set, my abilities, my future husbandry by doing this. And there were times where I'm questioning myself and saying, how qualified am I to counsel this guy who's been married Ah. for years? But I think in some way I'm contributing to holding that marriage together and his personal transformation and what's going on over there. So the pouring into other people, I think is excellent. How do you balance, though, pouring into other people and then becoming, like, you know, you're the guy who just pours into everyone and you never pour into yourself and make sure you have downtime? Because some of the people who become real leaders in this community are, everyone wants a piece of them, you know? Right, right. I'm not saying that's me or ever will be. I mean, I'm just saying, how do you balance that?
1: Well, well the, the, the first thing is that you got to create a space for, um, for your own personal development, for your spiritual development, for your mental development. Like, like you got to do that. It has to be daylight. At least I call it my drop zone. So in the morning, like, it's it's rare that I don't do it to where I wake up, I work out because I got to move. I got to wake up. I got to think, right? I grab my cup, you know, I work out, I grab my cup of coffee and then I, I pray. I read the Bible. I read uh, uh, secular books, uh, non-spiritual books, but business books. Like I grow my, I, it's my mission to grow and to take the personal responsibility to fill my cup. Right, so that I can go out and help other people as much as I humanly possibly can. Like, like, like you absolutely have to carve that time out daily in order to help other people. Because if not, you're just gonna run it, you're gonna give to others and then you're gonna run in the red. So, so I mean, like like everybody out there, if you want any degree of success, you gotta work on yourself. You gotta invest in yourself. Not only that, I educate myself, I go to I go to conferences. Uh, I'm constantly meeting new people, asking questions, growing my net, like growing so that, uh, and learning from others that have already gone down the path that I want to go down. Mm -hmm. So, so I think it starts with educating, uh, carving out time for yourself. And then like anything, like you do need to serve, but you also need to be in your business and grow. You need to make those sales. You need to make those calls and do that. So, so being disciplined about how much time you give and, uh, to people, and then how much time you put in the business. You really need to get that structure so you can operate at a super high level.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well said. So I'm curious who has had the biggest, and people like either in your community, family, whatever, who, which person or persons, if it's a few, have had the biggest positive impact on your life and on your development?
1: Oh, that's great. That's great. So um, first is that uh, because we do pre counseling, somebody took my wife and I under their wing uh, and we call them our spiritual parents and they, they walked us through the ropes of having, of how to have a great marriage. So again, people that walked through before us took them. So I would say them, I would say, uh, people in my church that I've grown really close to, I have some really fantastic relationships that I can call whenever, however, if I'm struggling, if I need strategy, uh, whatever it may be personally, business-wise, like I took the time to develop those relationships. So, so, so now I have a group of people that I can go to. In addition to that, I'm part of this uh, movement called Pathfinders. It's a a business uh, network uh, through our church. But the reality is, is that uh, our, our whole thing is we have to be so successful out in the business world that we gain attention so that people care about what we have to say. Like, it's not just do this, do that. It's Hey, Here's the results that I've got. I know you want those, right? Here's the steps that I do it, how I did it. So I'm a part of that. So I just throw myself into groups. I I made really key relationships that speak into my life, uh, business-wise, physically, mentally, the whole thing. And I really rely on those. So so I, I hope that answered your question. Like I have a few very strategic people. I don't have, there's not a huge group but I, it's very strategic on who I go to that have really helped my development and my mm-hmm. wife's development too.
0: Mm-hmm. Last question I have for you is what is your growing edge today? What are you facing? What are you, what are you trying to push yourself to your next level on?
1: Um, my next level right now is scaling uh, and being uh, nationwide. That's, that's, that's what we're, that's what we're doing right now. Um, and it's, it's a big step because we're, we're local. A lot of my business, uh, like I basically operate all through California, but we're going to other places, Florida, Texas, Arizona. So, 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 so that's the next one uh, that we're growing into. Uh, I'm recently an empty nester. So I'm growing into, it's just my wife and myself, which has been pretty fantastic. So I'm growing into that and then just growing into my next level of leadership with, with helping people. I'm a servant leader so it's 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 growing people and pathfinders it's it's taking that to another level um i mean that's that's really what's on my plate as of right now
0: i love it fredo rivera thank you so much for joining the show how can people represent the brandon burn show with a limited edition hoodie right now come on how- come on hey man this feels very soft and very nice on my skin oh, i've gotten so much good feedback on the hoodies By the way, guys, if you haven't gotten any Brendan Burns show merch, hats, hoodies, t-shirts, send an email right now to brendan at brendanhburns.com. We will hook you up. Um, Fredo, for people who are looking to connect with you, uh, do business with you, buy their next home, get spiritual wisdom, whatever, how can people get in touch with you or find you?
1: Um, All you got to do is just send me an email at info at riveradreamteam.com. And feel free to reach out to me. I'm never too busy to help. Um, I am a very spiritual guy. I believe that, again. Um, But I'm also very practical as well, too. And I'm out in the marketplace, grinding, hustling, uh, you know, taking names every single day. So so whatever it is, I'm willing to help. I don't have all the answers, but I will give you what I have. uh, And then you can take that and run with it.
0: Come on. Fredo Rivera, thanks so much. Let's roll the outro. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. If it's your first time here, please make sure to subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or in Spotify. Also, please leave us a rating or written review. This helps others learn about the show and spread the word to new and more people. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.